One of the biggest factors and one of the biggest reasons that most people fail at playing the guitar or any instrument for that matter happens to be one thing that you need to consider before you actually even pick up the instrument, and that is your mindset, a proper mindset. Now, I think it's one of the most neglected and underrated things in the music community, especially with aspiring musicians and even some of my fellow professional musicians. So it's something I'm very passionate about. I continually try to grow and develop my own proper mindset, and I love spreading the message with anything I learn with my community along the way. So today I'm very excited to introduce you guys to an expert on this field, Chris Mazzara from Mazzara Coaching. I had the privilege of having a few sessions with him while he was working for Tony Robbins. Now he has his own coaching company called Mazzara Coaching and also has an amazing podcast that I highly recommend, 4AM Motivations. So I'm going to introduce Chris. He's going to share some great strategies to overcome some of the obstacles that we face all regarding mindset strategies and even time management, which is a big one with us. Welcome to the stage, Chris. Thank you, sir. That was an awesome introduction. I appreciate the opportunity of being here. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to give back to some of your aspiring artists and musicians and uh, give them some of these answers of how to allow their art to flow more effortlessly. Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to share this with us. I think a lot of my communities typically searches for answers within musicians and artists and don't realize that sometimes looking outside of the industry to somebody like yourself that has strategies that work for any industry is could be the answer that they're missing to to fight some of the obstacles and roadblocks that we all face that are all in common with any industry. Absolutely. The benefits between uh, mentorship and coaching. Just to start off, I mean, I think one of the biggest obstacles that musicians don't realize is mindset and specifically with limiting beliefs and self-talk that seems to be like something that i was falling victim to for years and now that i'm very aware of it i see how many people like have a story that they always love to repeat every time i run into them or or people who come up to me at performances and they're like i wish i would have done this but i'm too old i'm too i don't have time i'm blah 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 so what do you have to say in terms of defeating some of that negative self-talk or self-beliefs and any strategies you could give us with that? Beautiful. Uh, so great question. I think you hit a, a pretty big trigger word. Number one, we'll start there is stories. So we tell ourselves stories because they make us feel better about the things that we are not doing. Um, anytime we give ourselves an excuse, we give ourselves an out, right? We no longer need to feel guilty or a, a problematic or like we're avoiding something. When we say something like, you know, I don't have enough time to do the things I need to or do the things that I want to, or take up the guitar, or start my own business, whatever it is. We tell ourselves these stories, however, um, minor, minor changes that we can make immediately poke holes in that story. So essentially, what does coaching do? We come poke holes in the story, because we make time for the things that we care about. Whatever you truly hold important in your life, you are always finding time for. One challenge about our time, if we're not steering our time, in the direction we want it to or, or to be in, uh, with a strict schedule, with with you know, strategic commitments, whatever, then our time will be directed for us because there's no lack thereof of demands and uh, reasons of, of the world trying to take our time, right? People are always in need of something. We're always in need of, of getting something else done. However, we can always poke holes in that story just by starting to say, all right, this is something I care about. This is something that matters in my life. So let me actually place it upon a high prioritization 
and create more time throughout my day, understand what I need to say no to, and now what I need to say yes to. So the first thing is ultimately, what story are you telling yourself? Because you need to start telling yourself a better story because we truly always have time for the things we care about. Now, that's one example of a story. However, there's also another part of, of some of these, another trigger word you said there, limiting beliefs. So whatever you tell yourself is true. Our brains reinforce whatever it is that we tell ourselves. So if I say, I can't do this, if I say, I'm not good at it, my brain will double down and say, yeah, no, of course you can't do it. You're too old to do this. It's been too long since you've done this. And my brain will find every reason as to to why that should be validated as true. But that's just not the case. You decide in terms of what your beliefs are. So it's kind of like the way they say, reach for a better thought, reach for a better belief, because ultimately we are always in this this moment of choosing what it is that we want to do with our life. Now, I also think a lot of times limiting beliefs are an easy out. It's very easy to just believe I'm too old to do this because what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to avoid the disappointment, the possible disappointment of doing something and maybe facing rejection, maybe facing that, hey, the first couple of times you weren't very good at it. So usually even a limiting belief is almost synonymous with a story we tell ourselves. Because right? it's so much easier to believe that, hey, maybe maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm too old to do this. Whatever the, 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 the limiting belief is, and it just gives us more comfort <clears throat> in avoiding the things that are maybe a bit more daunting to us. Now, last thing, how do we overcome a limiting belief? The simplest way of saying it is action. We have to take action. Action is the immediate way of proving your story wrong and r- helping you to create a new belief. However, Sometimes action can seem like this very daunting thing in our heads. It's so big. Oh my goodness, I have to go learn the guitar again. Or I have to go figure out how to play in front of an audience. But what if instead of thinking at it as this big, overwhelming thing, what if you started to break it down into something more micro? What if it weren't about getting on stage again? What if it weren't about learning to play the guitar again? But what if it were about playing for 10 minutes? Could you simply say, hey, I'm going to practice and play on my guitar for 10 minutes today? Could I learn one string today? I'm not sure if that's how you refer to it, but ultimately, could I break it down into something that I just need to start to ease my way in? I'm not really in the full belief of, hey, you know what? Dive in head first, learn the guitar in the next three days, dedicate all your time to it. I don't really believe in that. How micro of a decision, how micro of an action can you take today so that you can start to prove to yourself why you're worthy of a different belief, why you're worthy of a different story? So in a compass, tell yourself a better story, reach for a better belief and uh, take action in a micro and manageable way. Yeah, I think what you just said about the micro actions was a huge uh, eye opener for myself because sometimes I I tended to clump things into huge, big, colossal dreams and projects. And then when you just view it as a whole, then it feels like it's almost unmanageable and uh, you you can't go for it. It makes it makes you get paralyzed and stuck. When you break it down, like you said, I mean, specifically speaking, for example, in, in what I do, uh, one of the genres that I play is flamenco. And just alone in flamenco, if you look at the whole thing, there's like hundreds of styles within flamenco. You're like, I'm going to need a lifetime to learn all these styles, right. so many techniques. But all you can do is just break it down into uh, chunk by chunk, brick right. by brick, and, uh, and say, all right, I'm going to work on 
for this month, I'm going to focus on this style, bulerias yeah. and flamenco. And next month, I'm going to focus a little bit more on alegrias or whatever it may be. And that makes it a little bit more manageable and doable. Otherwise, a whole year passes and you're, you're still talking about the time you could have dedicated to yeah, it. Yeah, that's, I've, I've been there. So, so what, what, one quick comment on that. Um, the challenge when we do this kind of, hey, I'm going to go all in on this. I'm going to dedicate three or four hours. What happens is you're creating it to still be this big thing in your head. So now come tomorrow, come later in this week, when you only have 30 minutes free of time in the nighttime, now you start to tell yourselves a different story. Well, I don't have three hours to actually go dedicate to this. So you know what? Let me just avoid this and, and I'll pick it up next week when I do have a couple hours. Instead of just saying, what can I do to maximize on these 30 minutes? So essentially, we start to make this thing bigger and bigger in our heads where we don't have a place to even put it in our lives in the first place. So um, micro actions, I couldn't believe more in that. And something related to this that I, I heard on your podcast that I thought was a great word, productive procrastination, <laughs> you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. You think it's some type of mental escape for us to just avoid the fear of doing our big goal or something? Because I found myself, or I still find myself, I'm not afraid to admit that sometimes before getting to, whether it be working on a new piece or or my e-course that I'm working on, I'll find any other little project I need to do, which things I need to do anyways. But like, like you told me in one of our sessions is you need to prioritize. I mean, obviously the prioritizing of what I really need to get done first and not the, not those little micro uh, goals. Two human needs that we have, we have multiple, but two of them are growth and certainty, growth and certainty. So what is certainty? It's the human need to have certainty that we're going to gain pleasure and avoid pain. Um, so what is the brain always seeking the path of least resistance? What will be always easy? What's manageable? What's something that we can get done and feel good about after? But we also want um, productivity. We want growth. We want to know that everything we're doing is also moving us forward. So what we'll do to essentially trick ourselves is we will productively or effectively procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I know I got to write this new song today. I really got to sit down on it. And first, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go mow the lawn. I'm going to clean the house and then I'm going to have a fully clean house and five o'clock. Then I'll be able to sit down and write the song with a clear head. Yep. (laughs) And then what happens? Five o'clock comes. You get a phone call from mom. You get a request to go hang out with your friends. And now you essentially gave up all that beautiful free time. You had to write the song to other things that were important. Absolutely. However, it didn't meet your main outcome. We do these things because they make us feel good. They make us feel like great dopamine hits. To look around, I'm not sure if you guys have lawns, but here in South Florida, we all have lawns. So mowing the lawn, having the clean house, this is a great dopamine hit. It feels great. You feel accomplished. You feel responsible. You feel like you're moving forward in life. And you feel like you were productive. You knew that that would be something that could create a productive day. However... These things are important, but they should not have been placed as your number one priority. Moving within your priorities in a proper prioritization order will allow you to hit the most important parts of your life in a way that you never avoid um, things and put them off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, Doing some of that uh, definitely changed my perspective on the, or being aware of it, I mean, is, is what changed my perspective, at least catching myself in the moment of saying, all right, I, I needed to do these things, but they could be, they could hold off because <laughs> I have um, bigger priorities. First. Absolutely. And it's good that you were self-aware enough and real enough to call yourself out on it. Um, because I think a lot of it is still daunting to people. Like it's so much easier to do 
things that we're comfortable with rather than reaching outside of our comfort zone and doing something like creating a new song, right? There's no certainty right. on the other side of that. You don't know if it's going to be a good song. You don't know if you're even going to get through writing the song. So it's very natural right. for us to reach to something that's within our comfort zone rather than stepping into something that's not in our comfort zone out of it and uh, unsure right. of if it'll actually reach productivity or, or effectiveness. So basically, we're, we're we're getting that feeling of certainty and accomplishment by doing something else because we're not sure if we're going to get that in the bigger picture or the bigger goal. Absolutely. Something I wanted to touch on is goal setting or knowing your vision. How important do you think it is, especially with something like learning the guitar or any instrument, instead of just saying, okay, I want to learn guitar, not giving yourself a timeline, not giving yourself exactly what you want to learn or what songs or what level you want to make it. How would you kind of set that up from your perspective as a as a coach for somebody in their first year, for example, with, with guitar? Or from your perspective, uh, I mean, I know you're not a guitarist, but uh, at least kind of generalizing. Well, I'm an artist. I'm a spoken word poet. So I can definitely understand and appreciate what it's like um, in this picking up a new piece of the art form. So goal setting. The challenge with saying something that, hey, I'm going to do this and not making it time to find is a problem. So I, I said a, a word earlier, I said urgency, and I place it in a negative light, right? We make things too urgent and we operate outside of what's proper for the proper prioritization order of our life. However, when we have no urgency, that's how we get, uh, that's how we reach the end of the year and are still talking about the things that we should have started, we should have tried, and now putting it off to the following. So what does it mean to be time defined? That is essentially saying, hey, I'm going to have learned the guitar fully by the end of 2024. Okay, I'm going to have fully learned the guitar. Now, that's a very large and daunting goal. That's about 13 months away. So what that means is, okay, that's very far away. So now what I want to do is break that down into increments as well. So I'm starting with the end in mind. I'm saying, hey, 13 months from now, I'm going to have the guitar fully learned, starting with the end of where I want to be. And then I'm going to say, okay, but where do I want to be six months from now? Well, I want to have two strings learned. I want to have three songs learned by six months. Okay, well, if that's my six-month goal, two strings, three songs learned, well, essentially my three-month goal then should be one song learned, one strong, one string uh, learned in one month or three months. And then even from there, okay, well, if I know that's my three-month goal, then what's my 30-day goal? Mm. Well, I just want to learn this one song. And then essentially breaking down one more time and saying, well, what do I need to get done in these two weeks? So when you start with the end in mind, you can essentially see how quickly your goal is actually going to come into fruition. When you break it down in that manner, and essentially all you're doing is then reaching that next goal in the two weeks, and then reaching for the next one that's a part of your plan, your system is foolproof. You're operating within a system and essentially artists are not usually the most systemized people, mm -hmm. right? We, we are amazing at creating, but we're not usually the most grounded people. We're not most uh, usually the most routine people. But by you spending an hour, if that, creating that plan, you've now given yourself a runway and a path of knowing what to accomplish, how to accomplish it, and most importantly, when you're going to accomplish it by. So gives you structure. It gives you routines. It gives you healthy systems to know exactly when your goals can be reached. Yeah, I think this whole reverse engineering, basically what you're doing is is pretty huge because when we had our couple sessions together uh, and we were talking about my e-course, which was my colossal project at the moment, I was putting myself a goal at the end of the for a certain time frame, but I wasn't, I was kind of neglecting to actually put those little mile markers in there, which I, I think are makes all the difference because if you put a goal 
for a year from now, but you're not really checking in with more realistic mile markers along the way, then it, it, it's not going to make too much sense in the long run, or you might fail and then disappoint yourself a lot more easily. So I think that's a huge thing with goal setting that that definitely helped me out and made my goal setting more realistic in terms yeah. of that project. So yeah, yeah, I'm great. I'm glad. I'm glad that that would uh, make things more micro, because I think as humans we have a natural inclination to see things as very macro, uh, very big, mm-hmm. very large, the the big big goals, and and not necessarily seeing all the small goals because the small goals aren't as exciting. Learning two chords, two strings isn't as exciting as having the guitar fully played, ready to be on stage. I, th- I also think it helps keep you a little bit more accountable because yes. the way, because if you, you know what you need to do in a couple of weeks or in a month to get yeah. you to that one year goal. And so it's a little bit more accountability, self accountability yeah. at least. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing I just wanted to touch upon was actually that on accountability. I mean, there's two ways to go about it. Either hire somebody like yourself, work with a coach and, uh, get somebody to really be behind you and pushing you along the way and assessing you from the outside, which I think is an awesome plan. Otherwise, the second route would be working with some type of community or, and then the last one would be just on your own. And for those people who are trying to do it on their own, what do you suggest or helps them be a little bit more accountable or is it difficult to just more self-discipline doing it on your own than? I think accountability, having accountability outside of ourselves is very, very helpful. So for one, I think the power, you can take away even the coaching word, right? Rather than trying to plug myself. Mm-hmm. I think having an accountability outside of ourselves, a professional that you respond to, that you reach out to, and essentially is helping you measure your life. Very, very helpful. Because I think a lot of times we give ourselves outs. We give ourselves reasons to say, you know what? I had a bad day today. Of course, I deserve to relax early tonight. I don't need to learn more of the guitar tonight. Tomorrow, though, I'll do two. I'll, I'll do it double. We negotiate with ourselves and negotiate with our word often. So when you have a person that is objective and is on the outside taking out those emotions, they're helping to help you be much more effective in reaching the goal that you want. So number one, I believe in the power of outside of accountability. Um, Number two, though, when you're thinking, how do I hold myself accountable? I think it's positive and negative reinforcement. So for one, I'm very big on uh, rewarding myself. So I... Throughout the week, I have a certain amount of, of key key marks that I need to make sure I've hit, whether it's my health, my fitness, whether it's my spiritual practice, whether it's my business, there are things that I need to make sure that are done. And what are these key objectives? So I make sure I either hit them and I then have a reward on Saturday, which is essentially a fun day out with my wife where I can have a, a great beer, right? I like, I really enjoy a certain beer. And that's a reward for me, an unhealthy meal and a beer where we just go kick back and enjoy. However, that's only when I've crossed off my marks. I've crossed off my marks. I've hit my key indicators and I get to go have a beer in terms of saying, ah, let's enjoy the fruits of the labor. Let's enjoy the reward of crossing the finish line and getting the trophy. I didn't need to go hit the the big business goals before I had a trophy. No, I have it on a weekly basis. I reward myself. And when I say negative reinforcement, Um, It's the opposite. What are you not allowing yourself to have access to? What's the problem? What's the thing that you are now going to have to face because you didn't hit your marks? And for me, it's as simple as my wife knows if I'm not having the beer and the unhealthy meal, then it is what it is. It's because I didn't do what I needed to. And I'm by no means, regardless if I'm a coach or not, it's not like I'm hitting my goals every single week. So I then have to hold myself accountable in terms of saying, all right, cool. Well, 
no trophy for me because I came in second place. I didn't actually come in first. And do you find yourself uh, adhering to those to those self-made rules? Like, are you pretty strict with that? Like, if you didn't really hit what you wanted to hit that week, you won't give yourself that reward? Yeah. So, have I cheated it in the past? Absolutely. Um, and I, I immediately feel the emptiness of it, mm-hmm. right? The, the beer is not about the beer. It's about the feeling that allowed me to have the beer. The kick my feet up and know that there's zero things in my life that I'm avoiding. Everything is done. Everything was handled. My goodness. The beer is something to enjoy with that feeling. So yes, I cheated it and said, you know what? I'm still going to have it. Whatever. Who cares? But it was empty. It felt very unfulfilling. It felt like being given a trophy right. uh, when you came in fourth place. Right. It doesn't feel like you came in first. <laughs> so um, it was not gratifying. However, the majority of the times, because I know what that feeling is, I know that it's empty. I know that it's just cheating the process, cheating the race. Um, I do hold myself accountable in terms of saying, um, no, no, thank you. Right. It, it, it doesn't taste as good when it's, when it's not backed up by the, by that. Yeah. yeah. And I will tell you, whenever I've done that, there's never been a second week in a row. There's always been that second week where now I'm a little bit hungrier right. because I didn't get the reward. And I'm like, I'm not about to do that. I want my damn beer next weekend. <laughs> so there's a, a desire for it. And I, I think for me personally, I care more about what I'm trying to accomplish then I do the short-term fun or gratification that I would be given in that moment regardless. Because if I had to give up the beer for some yeah. other thing, I would um, because it's that's merely a supplemental addition. And, and that reminds me, something I'd love to remind my community of is a lot of people ask about where you get motivation and how do you form that discipline. Yeah. And I think the only way you could do it is just by initially just starting and breaking breaking that you're, if you have bad discipline patterns on your own, and then once that momentum kicks in, it's it's kind of a, a cycle. If I would say, just uh, the more disciplined you are, the more you're proud of yourself, the more motivation you get because you're you're getting better at something, and and then you're also seeing the results and you're proud yeah. of yourself, and vice versa. Just a little bit of a loop, uh, at least from my perspective. I've I've been working on the self discipline a lot this year, and it just gets me hungrier to keep going stronger. The more yeah disciplined you are and whether it be with the guitar practice or, or any other endeavor that you're working on. Yeah. I, I think a negative and positive compounding, right? So we make one little decision wrong. We're then going to allow ourselves to make the next little decision wrong, right? We have the, uh, the burger. It then leads to the beer. The beer leads to the TV that night. The TV that night leads to sleeping in. There's a negative compounding and spiraling effect that happens, but it's also on the positive right? Uh, the same thing happens. We make one little decision and it wants us to, we want to make another, because like I said earlier, it's about certainty and growth, part of it. And we know we're getting more and more certainty, more and more growth. Every time we make a good decision, it makes us feel better. Um, so it's a, a big part of the journey. And um, I want to say one more thing on that. So yeah, negative, positive compounding. Uh, I forgot it. <laughs> Yeah, but I, d- I definitely agree. The compounding and the, the momentum goes both ways. I mean, when, when you're on a good roll, like I was just mentioning, then it, it works. But also once you make, allow yourself to make a bad decision or, or skip out on a on a workout or a practice, then yep. it's easier to skip out on that second one. And then you're like, ah, I, I haven't been doing this for a week. So let's just let's, let's finish the whole week without it. And then we'll start next week or something. So definitely something to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just to recap to the beginning of a, our, our, our whole start of this 
what should people do when when you're just embedded with these negative uh, self talk and uh, and and thoughts that you've had your whole life, whether it be I'm too old, I don't have time, I don't. Is, is it just as plain as breaking the pattern on your own and just being having to go cold turkey and just try to change that and be aware of it? Is is awareness the key, or uh, do you believe in anything else, such as is writing out anything or 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 making statements out loud or or I don't know. You tell me, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that to change that pattern? I think there are many things that you can do. And I think that there's many things that would help. But if you want to cut through the middleman, if you want to get right to the answer, the answer is forever and will be action. What you need to do and understand, yes, I can tell you some motivation. I can tell you to listen to my podcast. I can go tell you to read this book. I can tell you to do some incantations. I can tell you to go meditate. I can tell you to go do yoga. All these things will absolutely help. However, if you want to cut right through to the middleman and not procrastinate, you take action today. You take a very minute action with all the resistance that you feel because you're going to feel a little tired. You're going to feel frustrated that you have to do it. You're not going to feel like it's going to be good. However, when you take that first action, and you immediately prove to yourself that you can, that it doesn't actually hurt, that it isn't actually as uncomfortable as you made it out to be in your head, you have broken every limiting belief, every story, everything that has ever held you back. You've broken through it, gotten to the other side of proving to yourself that you can. And a quote that I love from Tony, Tony Robbins, is progress equals happiness. Mm -hmm. As soon as you've seen that minor, minor step of progress, You've now opened the entire door, the entire opportunity of what's to come. So to me, I can tell you all the motivational things that people pay me for to tell them, but cut right through it, take a minute action today, see the progress and let the self-belief flow from there. Yeah, I think that's a great way to to end this with that one word action. At the end of the day, you could pay as many coaches, as many mentors, read as many books and so forth, but... If you're not taking, whether it be just a tiny step or a tiny little piece of action, then nothing's going to change. Then, then you're productively pra- procrastinating. Yeah, you're productively procrastinating by by just filling yourself with this useful information and not taking any action on it. So even if it's the tiniest step, even if it's a five minutes of some type of practice or whatever it may be that you're working on, something, like you said, uh, just to get to get it moving. That's the only thing that will get will get it started, and then eventually build it up with some of that momentum. Beautifully said, brother. Chris, if they want to find you on your podcast, uh, where can they find that, and what will they what will you be talking about on there? Yes, yeah, so four AM motivations, uh, Mazara coaching, and this was on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and our website Mazara.co, Mazara.co. Um, we essentially teach and empower all people on all things motivation. Your inspiration, your motivation, all things strategy to not only live a healthier, more disciplined life, but a more fulfilling life as well. So if you're somebody that wants to succeed at a greater level, somebody that wants to break through the resistance or the problems that they're facing, then come join us at 4 a.m. Motivations. And I promise you will not leave disappointed. Yeah, I highly recommend it. A very insightful strategies and techniques that I've already been picking up on by by checking out his podcast and they're nice bite-sized episodes, which are usually about 15 minutes or so. So it's it's not too much of an overtaking to handle every week. So, so again, thanks so much, Chris. Really appreciate your time. I hope all my community appreciates and, and learned some techniques and some strategies from you today. And uh, 
feel free to leave a comment down below if you have any more questions and we'll be happy to try to answer something. All right. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Thank you.